Hey guys, and welcome back to the Perfect Attitude Podcast. I'm your host, Taron. Today, we have a North London derby preview on the podcast. Yes, a huge game on Sunday for both teams. Both in decent form recently, good wins, big wins recently for both teams. But yeah, today I've got some different guests on the podcast. A few guests, obviously, that you know that have been on the podcast before. And two completely new guests I've got from both sides of enemy territory. I've got one Arsenal fan, Alfie. You know Alfie as he's been on the podcast before. And I've also got two Spurs fans who I'll introduce in a minute. But I'm going to start with Arvin, my co-host, mate. How are you doing today, Arvin? And how are you looking forward to the game on Sunday? Um, yeah, uh, as ever, brilliant to be on the podcast. We've got a very big lineup for um, Tottenham Arsenal on Sunday. So, yeah, really looking forward to that game. You know, two, two teams, you could say, you know, in, on good form coming in to attacking free-throwing teams. So, yeah, very excited. Cool, cool, cool. And yeah, let's go straight on to the next guest. Alfie, you've been on the podcast before. It's been like three or three weeks or something like that. So, mate, how have you been in that time and how are you looking forward to the huge game on Sunday? Yeah, I've been good. Excited to be back on and um, I'm nervous. I'm a bit nervous about the game, let's put it that way. Really? You're nervous? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's a really big game for both sides. Both sides need the win. So now I'm going to go into my first special guest in the show today. Dan, how are you doing today, mate? And how are you looking forward to the game on Sunday? I'm I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm very excited to be honest. I I'm not normally excited for North London derbies. I'm usually more nervous, but um, I just think Spurs have hit a new kind of gear in mm-hmm. recent weeks. And like on our day, you know, we can beat any team we've shown that this season. I feel like Arsenal is just gonna it, it's gonna be a slightly I won't say easier, but less pressure than in recent years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's going to be a really high-pressure game. I feel like it is going to be quite cagey at times. But yeah, I'll get into my other special guest today, Jenk. How are you doing today? And would you like to explain a little bit about what you do and how you're looking forward to the game on Sunday? So some of you might know, some of you might not, but I'm I'm host of the Golden Tottenham podcast. You can find us on YouTube and whatnot. Pretty self-expansionary Tottenham podcast. We've only very, very recently started. It's been about about a week or something. So, so we newly started. If there's any Spurs fans that, that do want to check it out, um, feel free but yeah I'm, I'm, it's going to be interesting this week and I think both teams had a bit of a weird old season it's been very up and down so look, it's always North London derby is always a big game and, and regardless of you know things like form and, and, and league position it's always always a big game and it always lives up to expectations so be a good yeah. one sure 100% agree yeah check out check out Jenk's work and also check out Dan he's a credit journalist Spurs journalist so I'll leave everything in the description on Spotify also find everything on my Twitter you know where to find that guys See, I'm going to get straight into the podcast. No wasting time. You know it is on the pod, but I'm going to start on kind of the overall thoughts on this game. We've kind of touched on it a little bit there in the introduction, but I'm going to start with the overall thoughts of how people are kind of expecting this game to go, like the little bits of details. So I'm going to start with Arvind. Arvind, how are you expecting this game to go on Sunday? And yeah, what do you expect to kind of happen in the game? Um, considering that both of the teams have come into Formula Arsenal recently, you know, they have clicked into gear, you know, ever since they beat Chelsea um, 3-1. Sorry, Taron, I did have to mention that. You know, Thank that you. was really the turning point of their season. So, um, yeah, obviously, recently, they've had a lot of con- controversy with VAR. Will that play a factor um, in Sunday's game? Hopefully not, because I want to see, you know, an exciting game, fast friend, you know, with the energy of Kane, Son and Gareth Bell, you know, seemingly returning back to his best form so yeah it's going to be a really exciting game i'm looking forward to see we'll see how the likes of bukayo saka Bamiyang, or even lacazette you know whoever starts for arsenal up top play against you know this formidable spurs side who have recently won five games out of six so you know very i mean you could say they've been easy opposition but you know in the premier league as we know it's not always easy to beat teams like palace or fulham you know fulham they got the will they got the win in the end it was very hard for but yeah no it's gonna it's gonna be exciting and it it's gonna shape you know the europe league spots i feel like both of them champions league push it's gonna be very difficult because you know they are quite far off you know from where chelsea united leicester City are so forth, but yeah, you know, this game is going to be crucial for both sides. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, I know, I agree with that. Like, when Chelsea played Fulham, I know I like to go about Chelsea a lot on this podcast, but yeah, when Chelsea played Fulham, it was a really cagey game, and they're not a hard team to play against. Saw that Liverpool, maybe they're on bad form, but still, 
Fulham are a really good side on that day and fair play to Tottenham. But yeah, let's go straight on to Alfie. Alfie, can I get some quick overall thoughts, a few minutes maybe, on how expecting the games to go on Sunday? Well, our last few games of Arsenal, it's basically hit or miss. You get a team with us that, where we can be absolutely amazing, like we were at Leicester, and we fielded a weakened team. We didn't have a Bamiang starting, and it was... You didn't expect us to win. And then you go into a Burnley game, we, you're expecting us to win. We have this 30-minute flurry we have in every game. It's either the start of the game or the start of the second half. We'll blow the team away, but we won't score more than one goal. And it's just errors with us. We're not poor defensively. We just make errors. And on Sunday, I highlighted it again, where, or Saturday, sorry, Granit Xhaka, stupidly, just, ridiculous you wouldn't see it at any other club but you see it at Arsenal every yeah. week consistently throughout and that's what costs us and if that happens on Sunday we, we won't be getting back into the game we won't be getting a draw because with Spurs at the moment you've got Bell coming into form Kane coming into form Son that, that, that's a formidable front three and if you make mistakes against those they will punish you so I think it'd be interesting to see what team we feel tonight because obviously we're filming this before the Europa League game yeah. so if we feel a strong team, we might have to rest players. And that might sound dumb, North London derby. But the Europa League is more important than the league in this moment in time. So if we're going into that game at one all against Olympiacos, you might look at the likes of Aubameyang being rested or injury-prone players such as Tierney being rested possibly. And I don't like to say rested because it's a North London derby. You want to go into it with your strongest team. But with... Our league position, what I think we're 10th, we've lost 11 yeah. games a season, 12 games. You, we can't, we can't, we can't field, we can't field our strongest team, what, three times in, in a week. That's just not going to happen. So I think it depends on the result tonight. If we get the job done tonight against Olympiacos, then I'll be confident going into the Spurs game because we'll be able to put a strong team out. But if we don't, and it's a shaky performance, there's a few more errors, and I definitely can see can see us losing that Spurs game and possibly having to, you know, somewhat go into that game weaker than what we'd we'd like to. But it is at home. So I that does give me more confidence despite our home record this season. But I don't think we've beaten Spurs in our last four or five games against them, which is a bit of a worry because I I remember watching it a few years ago and it'd be we'd win one, they'd win one, and it'd be very like we'd win the home game, they'd win the away game, and it'd be very even. Whereas recently they started to just just take turn turn a corner a bit and get get more results against us, which is a bit more of a worry. So mm. I hope on Sunday we can turn that around. Mm. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting what you said about the fact that you know some players may be rested for the game on Sunday because let's not forget you you could take Olympiacos as a as an easy game, you know, like a Greek league side and not one of the big five leagues. But you have to remember what happened last season. I think a lot of Arsenal fans, I know it was Arteta's first like month or two in in the job, but. You can't really take Olympiacos for granted. They have some great players at El Arabi and Bar at the back. They have, they have some really great players in that team. So, also, I think Arsenal kind of need to prioritise Europa League in some way as well. So, it's all about Arsenal's squad depth. Whether, uh, whether Martinelli, maybe if he plays today, Willian can step up in this game and then maybe rest Tierney for Sunday and Bamming for Sunday. But, in my opinion, as an outside looking fan on both teams, it does look like they're both really, really big games in your season and you do not want to be losing this game today or the game on Sunday because, again, that game on Sunday is against a huge rival. So, yeah, it's going to be... They're both huge games, so it's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, I'm going to go straight on to Dan now. Dan, I just want to ask you your overall thoughts on this game a little bit and how you're kind of expecting it to go as a Tottenham fan. Um, I mentioned earlier on, well, when you introduced me, that I'm not too... I feel like there's a lot less pressure on um, this game. So for the players, I mean, we've come from 10, 15 years ago where Tottenham couldn't get a win against Arsenal. Uh, growing up watching like, Hossam Ghali running <laughs> the midfield for Spurs, you know, and now we're in a position where we've got Ndombele, Hoybier, uh, Dele Alli coming back into the team. Lucas Moore has been a... He, he's hit a really good patch of form recently and he looks unplayable at the minute which is yeah. interesting um, but for the players I, I've said this before um, for the fans obviously Arsenal is the biggest game of the season but for the players Chelsea is the biggest game of the season mm. um, because I mean except the players like Kane who have come through the academy and know what it's all about Arsenal have obviously had a horrible spell in the last few years 
where they've just dropped off, especially since towards the end of Wenger's era mm-hmm. and after Wenger's era. So at the moment, I, I come into Arsenal games right now not feeling like, I, I guess this is more of a journalist point of view as well, because yeah. mm. I've got to remain unbiased. But I come into the Arsenal game with Arsenal games whenever they happen in the season with a lot less like a pressure or worry. The the nerves don't really kick in until kickoff. Whereas I remember going to the stadium as a kid watching a North London derby, the nerves have kicked up, kicked in the day before. Mm. So um, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting one because I feel like it's more, it'll be a bigger loss for Arsenal if they lose than it would be for Spurs if they lose. But either way, yeah. picking the teeth for both teams. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge game. We've already talked about that. It's big stakes for both teams. And obviously the pride of North London. I'm not a fan of either teams, but I know it's a huge game. Chelsea Spurs, I feel a lot of emotion in that game. And I guess it's similar to that derby in some way. But yeah, Chenk, I'm going to go straight on to you with kind of talking about Spurs' form this season a little bit. Like, I know you started off really well and maybe the game against Liverpool at Anfield was a game that kind of kickstarted the downfall of Tottenham's kind of title challenge at the start. But yeah, since then, we saw a lot of ropey form in, in the middle, a lot of losses of loss to Brighton, obviously the huge damage and loss to Chelsea, which I talk about all the time in my life. In the general <laughs> day, I'm just always talking about that game, Jorginho, you know it is. But yeah, Cenk, I want to kind of get your overall thoughts as a Tottenham fan about how Mourinho's second season has gone as Tottenham manager. To be honest with you, um, th- this summer was probably one of our best transfer windows on record on paper anyway. So going into the season, originally I, I did have very positive thoughts. Looking back now, there's still a lot of room for improvement and maybe the window wasn't as good as I thought. I think it's taken Bale a little bit of time to get 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 going. I think Doherty's been a little bit underwhelming. So there's been a few few players that have not lived up to expectations. But this season's been, I think, for not just Spurs, but just for teams in general, it's been very up and down. It, the form's just been so weird. And yeah. teams are losing to, to teams you wouldn't really expect at some point. So, you know, after, like you say, after nine games, I think we was top of the league and, you know, it was looking great. But again, it's just been up and down. And I think that West Ham draw had kind of, you know, shaken the ship a little bit, if that makes sense. So it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's been very weird for Spurs to kind of maintain that form, if that makes sense, on a consistent level. But yeah. hopefully now is the start of something where, you know, towards the end of the season, hopefully we can, you know, try and open up that 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 gap for the top four and try and really get into it again. So, you know, this weekend I think is is crucial. You know, if we if we don't if we don't get the three points, it could could kind of again, it could be another point where it's another obstacle and we we might draw the next game. And it could be one of those things where you think actually that that was a crucial point of the season looking back. Mm, yeah, it's it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be a really difficult game. And as a Spurs fan this season, I know a lot of Chelsea fans. I know I'm talking about Chelsea again. What is it with me? But yeah, like Chelsea fans know Mourinho's second season is usually the one that is absolutely gobsmacking, and the form just goes up. Like whether it's player performances, whether it's getting used to the manager, whether it's maybe some players feeling more comfortable in the team. Usually, we've known the four to five season we we won the league. Then the season after we won the league, when he came in and. In 13-14, we had an okay season, but 14-15, we were a different animal, you know. We we dominated the Premier League and won the League Cup. So, I guess as a Chelsea fan this season, I was expecting Jose Mourinho with all of his new signings, you know, the likes of Bale, other other big names, that I was expecting maybe a second-place finish in the Premier League. And, you know, you're still in the race for the, for the Carabao Cup. You're still in the race for the FA Cup. In my opinion, still in the race for the Europa League. But, yeah, I guess it is looking okay at the minute but these next few games are going to be crucial but talking about the Europa League I want to go straight on to Dan Dan I want to ask you a little bit about what are you kind of prioritizing as a Spurs fan are you kind of looking at the Premier League top four as a huge priority because it's still reachable obviously Leicester have picked up some injuries to the likes of Madison, Barnes, um, Soyuncu, Evans all these big names you know injured so I just want to ask you do you think that you're kind of you and Spurs are kind of prioritizing the Europa League, the FA Cup, or the Premier League top four? I just want to know your opinions on that, mate. <laughs> well, we got knocked out of the FA Cup, so oh, <laughs> thank you for reminding me for that one. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, if I'm honest with you, I'm, like over the last year, um, 
year or two, you know, Spurs fans, especially on social media, have become more and more like, you know, impatient. And obviously, we want a trophy. Uh, they're all getting on the back of Daniel Levy and ENIC or whatever. I don't yeah. really jump on the train with that. If we get top four, um, I'll take it. You know, I'm like, I'd love a trophy. I really would. But I don't come into the season expecting trophies just because of when I was start when I first supported Spurs um, years ago. Well, we were what fifteenth, sixteenth. Yeah, we've yeah. had probably one of the most sustainable growths, one of the most natural growths as a club for sure. In yeah, football. Um, we haven't went with billionaires from Qatar or Russia or wherever. You know, we we've everything that we've invested in has been sustainable bar the um, obvious like 30 million that we spent on players that just weren't good enough. So it, at yeah. the end of the season, I, I think if we, if we remain top four, obviously Europa League, we get Champions League anyway. So I think Europa League has to be the priority if we get to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, throw it all, throw the kitchen sink at that. If we don't get to the semi-finals, if we crash out, we obviously have to, you know, throw the kitchen sink, get in top four. But if we get Champions League football next year, you know, I I see us unlike other clubs like unfortunately Leicester or wherever. Um, yeah. I see Spurs as a more sustainable club to get mm. into top four or, you know, challenge for trophies every year. Mm-hmm. You know, we might not get those trophies now because we haven't <laughs> in a while. Not but the FA Cup, sorry about, about that, I forgot that. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about the challenge. It's all about, we, we've, got a, we've got a team now that is sustainable. You mm. know, we get 150, if Kane has to leave, we get 150 million for Kane. And we've yeah. still got Troy Parrott and Dane Scarlett coming through the Youth Academy who are supreme talents for age. We're a very sustainable club. So I'm not really too, it, it sounds controversial, but as I'm not really too fussed about this season. It's been a it's been a season where we've all watched it behind our TV screens or whatever. So if I'd love a trophy, and you know, I'm probably gonna get hate as a Spurs fan <laughs> for saying this, but you know, I love a trophy. Um, I'd love to get top four, but I don't think it's the end of the world mm, if we miss yeah. out. Yeah, I know, like obviously I know it's it's still a big deal as most fans maybe to win trophies. I know a lot of Spurs fans are thinking this is a season where, you know, since the the I think it was the Carling Cup back in, Jonathan Woodgate scored the winning goal against Chelsea. I still remember that. that Obviously, right. like Chenk said, yeah, nightmares right. for me still from that day. But like, yeah, um, that day was probably the last trophy. I know it was the last trophy apart from maybe the Audi Cup. That so I know a lot of Tottenham fans are expecting, you know, FA Cup. Uh, not FA Cup. Sorry about that. Um, a, a League Cup. Uh, even the Europa League. I still think the Europa League is achievable. I think you're one of the best teams in the competition. You know, push aside, uh, you push aside Wolfsburg, uh, Wolfsburg in the last round. And yeah, it does look achievable as a as an outside fan looking in. But it's interesting you say that Spurs fans, maybe like yourself, aren't really expecting it as you are quite a sustainable club. So. For me as a Chelsea fan, every year, if we don't win a trophy, maybe it's the glory hunter in me. Maybe I was one of the fans who, towards the end of Lampard's reign, I know, don't come for me in this, but I kind of was looking for him maybe to be um, sacked as a manager as I am looking for trophies. I'm not into sentiment as a fan, really. But yeah, it's really interesting to hear that that point of view from a Tottenham fan. But yeah, Alfie, I'm going to go straight on to you. Obviously, Arsenal, three wins in the last six games in all competitions. It kind of looked like it was all going up after that awful awful run of form back in october november where you were just losing at home to burnley teams week in week out you lost to wolves i remember that podence goal superb goal down your podence but yeah you know you drew to burnley at the weekend that was i'm guessing a really really crushing result for you should have won the game should have got a penalty obviously um Sabios missed that that shot quite late on but yeah it does look like things are okay at the minute for an arsenal fan but what are you kind of thinking about the recent form and how the season's gone since we've last spoke well, I think since Dece- I think we went from October to December after beating Man United at Old Trafford, where we didn't win a game in the Premier League, which for a, a, a club the size of Arsenal is a huge concern. And a lot of fans were saying Arteta's got to go, which at that point it was touch and go. It was similar with Chelsea and Lampard. You either stick with him and you stick with the project, or you get get him in and you um, like like Chelsea did with Tuchel, and you get instant results. 
So yeah. Arsenal decided to stick with him, which turned out to be, seems to be a good decision so far. Um, I feel like Arteta is a good manager. I feel like he, it's not, the games we lose is not on him. It's more our players. And we said this for years from going back to Wenger when we had Koscielny, Mustafi, Gabriel, they made mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's just a thing with Arsenal where the more we go on, the more that these players will leave, like Mustafi's left, Kalasnac has left. These players will slowly move on and it will start to change. Mm-hmm. So watching the Burnley game on, on Saturday, we we first 30 minutes, we should have been three or four and up. It was, it, we, we bombarded them and it was another error. And it's really, really concerning. So I'd, ra- I'd rather us get tore apart for a goal than yeah. to concede an error because at least they're concentrating and trying to to defend. But it's just things like that really, as, as a fan, when you're sat there and you're watching professional footballers who are getting paid hundreds of thousands to do their job and they're just kicking the ball at players inside their box. It's, <laughs> it's, what, it's what you expect the under sevens, really. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of one thing that I think is massive, especially for this game and the rest of the season, is Thomas Partey. I mean, he's just not really had a run of games. You look at a difference between Spurs and Arsenal is that Hoiberg come in, he's played every game since since he signed. And that's been a huge difference for them. And you look at someone like Partey, who's similar position, arguably better than Hoiberg, some would say. Um, he could be a massive difference. He, he We've been missing that position the whole season, playing Sabas and Shaka, who... Together, a very mistake pro, not very defensive. I think Shaka next to Party is immense, but him next to Ceballos is is a worry. So if we can get Thomas Party back and fit, and if he gets ninety minutes under his belt against Olympiacos, then I'd definitely go into the game against Spurs with a bit more confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I feel like in terms of the game on Sunday, the I feel like Spurs need to win it more than than us because we're not really in the hunt for top four or top six at this stage in the season. We're sat in tenth, thirty-eight points. I think nine points off, something like that. It's it's not retrievable at this point. As even in the league, you know, you could lose to anyone, and we still got to play Chelsea, Liverpool, and Spurs on Sunday. So, I feel like in terms of the game on Sunday, there'll be more pressure on on Tottenham to win, because I feel like they need the top four, they need the Champions League. Whereas as much as we need the Champions League, we can still get players in regardless, whereas I feel like party in the summer, for example, leaving Atletico Madrid to come to Arsenal, I'd feel like we can still function. So I think we should just throw the sink at the Europa League because it's the easier route at this point to get to get into the Champions League. And although we've got Olympiacos, which last year shown was a tough draw, we have got a better team now and Arteta's got his feet under the table and we're going into a much better, much better form than last season where we were up and down. I think we ended up in, in eighth, which was shocking season. Again, this season will be the same. But in terms of the game on Sunday, I feel like the game tonight will really highlight how Arteta is going to approach it. And depending on who he starts, we'll see what his priority is. So it's exciting for an Arsenal fan this stage. It's also a concern because if we lose against Olympiacos this week and Spurs, our season's over and it's only March and we've only played 28 games. So it's or, or, or 28 games, I think. So it's not, it, this this week's massive. So it's very, very concerning for an Arsenal fan, but I'm confident and I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't go too far to say the season's over because, you know, still 10, 11 games well, left in the Premier well, League. Well, it, it will be because you've got team, if, if Everton, West Ham, Leicester, teams who usually aren't up there weren't up there, we'd have more of a chance. And if you look good, we're very patchy in form. We'd go through stages and we're not, we're not a team that can blow a team. We're not a Liverpool, Man City. We try and play that way, mm. but we've not got it out the back where we can hold on to a lead. Like Spurs were doing earlier in the season where they'd go 2-0 up or 1-0 up and the game was over. We can't do that. Mm. So I feel yeah. like if we if we, if we go out the Europa League this, this week and we lose to Tottenham, our season's over. And at that point, you can then start asking questions to the manager again. But hopefully, fingers crossed, things go better this week and... We can get through Europe League, and if we do, then I'll be confident we can win the whole thing, and we can obviously beat Tottenham. Because as much as I, I think I saw Deli Ali interview like last year or something like where he said that Chelsea's a big game than Arsenal, I don't personally believe that as an Arsenal fan because I feel like North London derby is always going to be the biggest game for both teams, no matter what happens. The so, in the context of a season, it is though. I don't feel it is because I feel like Spurs fans always think that. 
they've gone clear of Arsenal in a way, in terms of league position at least. But I feel like in terms of who's doing better yeah. at the moment, if you that look at league sense. position, Spurs, but if you look at trophies, Arsenal. So yeah, we're talking in terms of a context of a season, we're not talking about trophies. If you're if you're looking at right, if you're looking at um this this season alone and you say like this is why I think Arsenal game is bigger for Arsenal than it is for Spurs at the moment. It's obviously a huge game. I'm not like saying it's not a huge game, but Spurs obviously above Arsenal at the minute, right? Yeah. Um, have a arguably a stronger squad. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd say they have a stronger squad right now. Um, you, you guys obviously are have had like the more, more success in last 20 years but over the last few seasons last four or five seasons I don't know how long it has been but Spurs have finished above it's like it, I know it's not all about finishing the league position but would you not say Spurs have a stronger squad and would you, but going into a game Spurs are more likely to win against I'd say, on odds I'd, right? say, I'd say they have a stronger squad then that's probably why they're above Arsenal but I'd say to kind of, I think the way sometimes they kind of say, oh, oh Arsenal, yeah, they're, they're not really with us. You know what I mean? It's like Chelsea, Spurs. I feel like with Spurs, they have a better team and they're definitely doing better right now. Obviously, evident, I think they're seven points clear of us right now, which is obviously evident they got a better squad. But I feel like as an Arsenal fan and as a Spurs fan, every time you're going to watch North London derby, it's probably arguably watching the best derby in the country. I don't think, apart from obviously you've got Celtic Rangers, that's in Scotland. Everyone hypes that like Liverpool Manchester United, but it's constantly disappointing. It's always a nil-nil or one-nil. Arsenal Spurs, it's always the the big one. You always watch it and you're, you're never disappointed, never lets you down. So I feel like as much as Arsenal, yeah, probably have been on decline the last few years, evidently since Wenger's gone and we haven't don't got top four since 2017, which is a massive concern. We still have been having success and some and more success you'd say than than Spurs in terms of trophies and things like that. But league position, yeah, we have struggled. So I feel like it's still the biggest game for, for both sides. In fact, if we win on, on Sunday, we, we we're probably in a strong position to finish above Tottenham. But if we lose, then yeah, we're we're yeah, we'll probably finish mid table. Yeah. The reason I think that Chelsea is a bigger game right now is that we've got a game in hand over Chelsea. And say we were play, say we were to play Chelsea on Sunday instead of Arsenal, we have a game in hand over Chelsea and we're five points behind. If we win that game, we can then go above Chelsea into the top four, regard like providing other teams don't. Mm. While Arsenal are still seven points behind. Like I know that if Arsenal win, yeah, you're four points behind. We can slip up twice and you can win those two games. But at the same time, that's providing you guys don't lose. So right now, Chelsea obviously is a huge rivalry with Spurs. Arsenal is a bigger rivalry for us. But mm. Chelsea are the next team above and we're trying to get that Champions League. We can't always be trying to like... I mean, we've got to beat the teams that are below us. That's that's a given. But, you know, the, the bigger games for us in the context of a season are the teams that we need to go above. I think also that it depends on, you know, the original point of Deli Ali's comments is that it's different for a fan and it's different for a player. And I think in the in the past few years, I think Chelsea have been more competitive compared to Arsenal. And I think that plays a big part. So for the players, obviously we know Battle of the Bridge, that was a that was a point where it kind of really rivaled up a bit. And it kind of really did fire up in terms of like Tottenham Arsenal after that. Obviously it's always been a, it's always a derby, but after that, that was the point where it kind of really did kick off. Um but for me, Arsenal is is a bigger game um all, all day of the season because like there's no better feeling in the world than winning an all front derby. And for me, of course it's fantastic to beat beat Chelsea and whatnot, but it's just such a sweet feeling, do you know what I mean? So I think it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a difficult one and it's it's one that it's from two angles, isn't it? From a player and then from a fan is 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 a little bit different. Yeah, I feel for like me, in, yeah, in terms of rivalry, it's always Arsenal's Spurs, but mate, yeah, league position, oh, yeah. yeah, probably has been the 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 Chelsea Tottenham. But I feel like in terms of rivalry, nothing will yeah. will come close to, especially from the history of what two thousand and four winning the league at yeah. White Hart Lane and just just all of that is well, like ten yeah. years ago, this would have even been a question. Like you know, every, you'd say Arsenal all day, every single day. There wouldn't even be a point to argue against it. 
Mm, I guess it's just down to the historical rivalries. I'm pretty sure that's why this game is it's still one of the highest derbies in the UK. It's similar to like um, Liverpool, Man City, for example, over the past few years. It's not exactly a rivalry because of, I don't know, um, local rivals or whatever. It's a rivalry because of competitiveness. So it's like they both challenge for the same position. So I feel like that's that's what it's similar to. For example, because if you ask a Liverpool fan last few years, would you rather beat United or City? They would say City, because they know if they beat City, they'll probably win the league. Mm. So it's similar to that in, in those respects. I think that's the point I was trying to get yeah. across. Yeah, the, all really good points. So it all makes sense. Um, I, I see it from both sides as a as a outsider looking in a fan from knowing both rivalries as a Chelsea Spurs, Chelsea Arsenal. Obviously, Chelsea don't really have one rivalry that's been, you know, historical. A lot of people say Chelsea have no history. I disagree with that, but a lot of people say that Chelsea don't have a big rivalry. Obviously, Fulham is maybe our closest rival. That's just a dead rivalry. Let's just kind of move on. I just want to get just very, very quick to like 30 seconds, a minute or so, Jenk. I just want to quickly ask you, Um, obviously Spurs have won five of their last six games in all competitions. And yeah, the recent form is starting to look up a little bit. The win against Palace was was huge. That was a great performance by Bell. I think having a fully, like a full informed Gareth Bale was huge for your team. So just very summary, uh, very quickly to summarise, um, how have you kind of found the recent form of Tottenham? Uh, it's been it's been a lot better to be honest with you. I think um, the main thing for me and the main thing that stands out is that finding that centre back partnership. I think yeah. we've been chopping and changing, you know, the centre halves and the fullbacks and whatnot. So I think to find Toby and Sanchez, you know, consistently in there, it's kind of you know that less of that, you know, that you, you expect a little bit more in terms of defensively. So when they've come in, it's obviously been tough to nail down that position. But the fact they've done it is is credit to them and. And that has been has been a, a crucial part to our form, I think. And 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 obviously the main one is Bale as well. So so that's been a, a really good uh, thing for us because we've we've had a we've had difficulty with the right wing sort of adding on to Son and Kane, if that makes sense. So we've yeah, not had does, that yeah. goal scoring right right winger. So I think that on top of it has been a, a crucial part to our form uh, recently. Mm, yeah, Gareth Bale against Crystal Palace was really good, but yeah, I feel like if Bale performs well against Arsenal on Sunday, it's going to do wonders for his confidence wonders for the team's confidence but yeah let's kind of move on a bit to the lineup kind of things guys i'm going to start with dan a little bit on the lineups dan i just want to quickly get your lineup from from goalkeeper to this to the strikers then i'll kind of move on to jenk and then i'll move on to alfie so yeah dan i want to kind of start with what will be your ideal lineup for this game and then we'll get on to danger man in a second but yeah what will be your ideal lineup to defeat arsenal on sunday um, my goal obviously Larice would have uh Reggion, the left back, he's been fantastic this season. Toby and Sanchez, like Chank said, they've been uh, a lot better together this season, a lot more confidence in those two. So I'd have them. Um mm-hmm. at right back, I'd I'd love to see Tanganya given a chance at right back or um but you know, if if Ori is not fit, then I, I reckon he'll go with Doherty. Yeah, um, Oibia and Ndombele in midfield with uh, Lucas Mora behind over Ali because I, I just think Lucas Mora has been unplayable in the last few games mm-hmm. uh, and Gareth Bale, Son and Kane mm, Yeah, no, really good side um, that side is probably going to be have a huge chance of being Arsenal on Sunday but yeah, um, Jane, would you kind of go with a similar lineup to that or would you make any adjustments to beat Arsenal? I think uh, if if everyone's fit and ready to go, obviously the front three picks itself. You know, we don't, I don't even need to debate that. Um, mm. Midfield three, I I probably would keep Mora in there, but to be honest with you, it totally depends how Mourinho is going to go go for this game. Does he sit back and and, and hit Arsenal on the counter, or do do we go and press them? So I think if we go and press them, I would put Mora in because I think that's a part of his game that he provides a lot of you know good press. He, he provides yeah. a lot of energy mm. for us. So. So that'd be crucial. But if we're not, if we're going to sit back, I probably would push Ndombele a little bit forward and probably would put Sissoko a little bit deeper. So that's that. And then the back four, Toby and Sanchez, um, I think that there's no other choice, really. I, I don't want to see Dyer in there, to, mm. to be totally honest with you. Um, right back, like Dan had said, if, if Aurier is not fit, then it's going to be Doherty, left back Reggion, and then, of course, in, in goal, Hugo Lloris. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, I want to just ask a question. Um... With the Ndombele, Sissoko and Mora kind of thing, um, watching as a fan earlier in the season, obviously the Liverpool game at Anfield was another game that I kind of saw this, that Ndombele looked really, really good as, as a cam, kind of using his strength and dribbling to kind of break through the press, drive with the ball and kind of, he's quite good with decision-making at times. So do you think that 
is a big factor that Ndombele is not kind of playing Cam anymore? Do you think that more is kind of better at what, right now in the team? I'll be totally honest with you. I think I prefer Ndombele more of as like a number eight and, and okay. six, if that makes sense. So yeah. I'm not sure. He can play the 10, don't get me wrong. Um, and he's perfectly capable of, you know, playing in between the lines. But I just feel that him deeper, we're utilising his, his transitional skills a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I think that number 10 spot is perfectly up for grabs. Like you're saying, with Mora, I think Delhi's been a little bit better recently. And even Lo when he comes back. So I think that midfield three of Hoiberg and Lombella, and then the 10 obviously is up for grabs. So that I think is our best, best midfield three, probably. If you watch, sorry to just, if you watch like, Ndombele when he was playing as a number 10 mm. he's got immense he's got immense quality he's yeah. one of the best ball carriers in the league technically he's one of the best in the league flair he's one of the best skills whatever he's got he's got that technical ability unlocked but sometimes as a 10 you can kind of notice that he's not a natural 10 because he did kind of lack positional awareness occasionally when it comes yeah. to the final third mm. So I do like I agree with Cheng. Like deeper, I think you know that extra goal isn't worth as much as his great transitional play because I feel like we'd score mm. more goals with him sitting deep mm. than if he was at number ten. Mm, yeah, good point. But before I move on to Alfie, I just want to kind of say something. A similar player to Ndombele for me is is the way he breaks through the press, his strength, his skill, the way he kind of moves with the ball. And you guys might disagree with me, but as watching every single Chelsea game for the last 10 years or so, I'd well, he wasn't even playing for us that time ago, but I'd say Mateo Kovacic. And playing him at Cam, I don't feel like Kovacic would be able to do very well. I know Ndombele is much better as a goal scorer, maybe. I still think Kovacic is really good with his final pass, but if Kovacic was playing Cam, I do feel like at times he would get quite out of position. So that is a very good point. But yeah, I'm going to move straight on to Alfie. Alfie, I want to get your full lineup for this game. Well, with our lineup, I'd say in goal, obviously, it's going to be Leno. Um, I think we'll probably play a 4-2-3-1, like we kind of stuck with since the, the Chelsea game. A right-back, I think, we'll see Cedric start because Bellerin recently has been getting a lot of stick from fans, and rightly so. His performances have not been good enough, especially defensively. And against someone like Son, you you want your best your best defensive fullback out there. So I'd go with Cedric. Interesting, with an, Yeah, centre-back would be an interesting one as well because... We kind of rotate our centre backs now. Before it was Holden and Gabriel with the certain starters, but it seems to depend on what game and whether it's Europa League or Premier League. So I'd probably go for I'll go for our strongest team, although I don't know whether he will play the strongest team. But I'd say Gabriel and Louise mm-hmm. um, with left back obviously being Tierney. I think the midfield is key, especially with players that end on Bale. I feel like Party will be key to that if he has a good game then Ndombele might not have a good game and that would be key to us winning the game. I'd say him and Shaka because although Shaka made the mistake on, on Saturday, him and Party together play really well. They kind of complement each other's game because Shaka comes in and he sits back mm. and he lets Tierney go forward and he kind of covers that left-hand side position, which is key to the way, we, which is, yeah, just very good for the way we play. So Party can go forward and not worry about being caught out. So... I think party and Shaka, and then I would like to see personally as a, as a three going forward, Saka, Odegaard, and Pepe. Because I feel like mm. Pepe gets dropped unfairly sometimes, and he came against Burnley and he missed two chances. One of them was a fantastic block off mm. the Burnley defenders. You'd never, yeah. You, I mean, yeah. any other day that could have been handball, but it was an absolutely brilliant block and the other one he just missed hit the ball which it happens when just from off the bench so I think I'd like to see Pepe start especially running at um, I'm not sure who'll play right back I assume Doherty or yeah Doherty maybe I think you can get at him um, Pepe definitely definitely can he's got those qualities I don't think Smith Rowe's fit so he won't be able to I don't, I'm not sure he's just come into training t- yesterday I think so it might be a bit too early for him so Odegaard in the 10 he's been alright he's been he's been decent so far we're yet to see the best of him and through the middle, I think Aspi Aubameyang, because I feel like Lacazette, this isn't the type of game for him. I feel like if, if Spurs come on to us a bit and they start to dominate the game, which I know they they weren't doing at the start of the season, but now they are starting to do, then Aubameyang on the break, when we're under the pressure, will be will be immense for us. And especially his form recently, you just can't drop him. Mm. So that would be our team, but obviously it all depends on who he starts tonight. And you might see a likes of Martinelli come in. Willian, which aren't bad players, especially Willian recently, that started to pick up form. But 
person is in North London derby, and I want to see us play our best team, and I think that is our best team right now. Yeah, I, I know Bamiang's known to play quite well in the derby. I remember quite a few of his goals that he scored. And yeah, I think he could come clutch on Sunday. We don't really know. But yeah, I'm going to kind of move on from the lineups. We've discussed some lineups and both really, really strong lineups. So it's going to be a great game. I'm 100% sure. Hopefully it's not a nil-nil. We'll get into predictions later on. But yeah, I'm just going to talk about like a few key players from, from each team. So I'm going to start with Arvind a little bit on one of the players on Tottenham who I feel like could be really, really crucial in maybe controlling the game, you know, breaking through Arsenal. Arsenal have been quite weak through the middle, I'd say, recently. Maybe out wide, they kind of have some errors, but through the middle is maybe a way you can get straight at them. We saw, you know, the goal from Bertrand Traore against Aston Villa. Got through the middle, holding, kind of left his man. Maybe we can see that with Louise on Sunday. But, yeah, Arvin, I want to ask you a bit about um, a player that Jane kind of touched on earlier, Ndombele. Um, do you think that Ndombele is going to be really, really crucial for this game? Or do you think that... If party's starting, he's maybe going to mark him out of the game and it's going to be a really interesting battle. What do you kind of expect from that game in the middle from Ndombele? Well, there's no doubt it's going to be a very physical battle. I mean, Partey, Thomas Partey, coming from a very strong Atletico team. Obviously, Town, you know all about Atletico, how physical side they are, especially yeah. judging mm. off the season's game. So, um, yeah, Thomas Partey against Ndombele. I mean, Ndombele... He doesn't just have, obviously, Thomas Partey, he has this tendency, especially when I watch him against United, to just glide through the pitch, you know, break break the lines in between the midfields and go on to straighten the defence. That's sort of the, that's sort of what I see from Ndombele, so just, uh, especially in against Liverpool in the opening minutes, you know, where he was picking up the ball, jumping past Thiago and so forth. So I think we can expect to see. I wouldn't say the uh, North London derby would be cagey on Sunday. I really don't think it would be cagey. I feel like these two teams will go at each other's throats from minute one to minute ninety. You know, especially with that, especially with that midfield. I know, I know some some people here might disagree, but you know, they're not exactly playmaking. You know, the best ball carriers or whatever. It's not not really the midfielders to dictate dictate the play dictate the play like for example Hoy Bjerg you know you won't see him dictate the passing play from Tottenham and you won't see him slow down he's not that type of player you know neither is Granit Xhaka so again Thomas Partey great player and Dombele I feel like he could exploit more of Granit Xhaka's side because I feel like against Thomas Partey especially when he is taller I don't think Ndombele will have an effect on that but it really depends on what system Tottenham play on Sunday. They could they could play counter attacking. You know, if they do play counter attacking, I feel like we could see more of an Endombele press breaking, um, press breaking line player that just dribbles through Arsenal. Obviously, yeah, yeah, we yeah. know that they like to we like they like to keep possession. So I think Marina could go for a similar similar sort of style that they played at. Um, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium when they did win 2-0, you know, two quick counter-attacks and two goals. You know, if Arsenal do want to play that way, then, you know, Arteta's got to assess that. But really, especially for Arsenal, I know I'm going to go a bit off topic here, but for Arsenal, I really don't think that they should be concentrating on Europa League and or Premier League this season. I feel like really they should knock it off because I don't feel like they have the players, the quality to win, uh, to even be in the Champions League next season. I feel like they should just have a season like Chelsea where they can rebuild, they can focus on the Premier League and get a really good run there. Our owner doesn't put money into the club and if Arteta wants to have a big summer, he has to get European football and preferably Champions League or we're not going to get back up to the top four even challenging for league titles because he's not, the owner's not going to invest. So as much as we'd like to have a Chelsea season, we can't because Chelsea are a club who, no matter where they finish, they can go and spend 200 plus million on whoever they want. Whereas for us, I think similar to Spurs as well, they can't just drop off for a season. We have to get European football to be able to compete with the likes of Chelsea. Yeah, but the, just just going back on that, don't you think it's a recurring cycle though? Because you have been in Europa League uh, for many seasons now and you, you reached the final, you, you lost. You reached the semi-final against Atletico, you lost. You know, last season you dropped out against Olympiacos. But don't you think this is like a recurring cycle of Arsenal where they get to European stage, but they don't really put a proper run in, proper run in especially in the Champions League. We saw round of 16, they got continuously knocked out so what, what do you what do you think about you know especially with a tight schedule and I don't think 
Arteta really has the facilities to, you know, juggle on between big Premier League games to go midweek, let's say, against uh, like so PSG or Bayern Munich or Manchester City, depending on which stage of which stage of the knockouts it is. Well, I think that as much, I don't think, to be honest, Champions League, I think for most clubs, at least most clubs that get in the Champions League, it isn't about competing for the Champions League. It's not where you get in there. You get in there because you need the money so you can go out and buy players so in a few years we can compete for things like the Champions League. I feel like, I think when Arteta come in, he set out a three-year project to win the Champions League. That's a bit ambitious, nonetheless. I think a bit longer than that. But what you need to do first, we need to get in it. Yeah, you might get knocked out in the group or the round of 16, but then you build off that. You get the money from that, you build off it, and you you experience. Most Arsenal players haven't even experienced a Champions League game at the Emirates. I can't remember the last time I watched an Arsenal game at the Emirates in the Champions League. I mean, it's ridiculous at this point and the longer it goes on for the longer the discussions go on about Arsenal falling out top six Spurs overtaking Arsenal and more credibility they get so as an Arsenal fan it's it's worrying seeing us you know seeing like us in 10th challenging for the Europa League 10 years ago we'd be saying oh sack off the league go for the Champions League so you can see the the uh, drop off in our for Arsenal like is that they spent 140 million two years ago and 70 million this year? If you don't get Champions League in this season, the the money you won't buy the players that you need to take you back up to the level that you are at 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Champions yeah. League is an absolute must because 140 million and then 70 million, that's 210 million at least in the last two years. With yeah. nothing to show for it, so the investment. I don't think. I don't think the issue has been with the investment. I think the issue has been with your. Just like Spurs, Spurs have had the same issue over the last few years. Has been the recruitment. I mean, I don't like. I don't know how many times that we've spent over twenty million on players that just weren't good enough. Same with Arsenal. Like this is why Champions League is an absolute must. Yeah, I feel like as well, one thing for Arsenal is we'll sign players for big fees and we won't sell them on for quite as much. Look at teams like Liverpool, they'll go on and they'll sell players who are worth probably about five million for three times the value. We we just let Ozil go on a free. Kalasinac out on loan will probably go for a free in the summer. Socrates go on a free. These are players we spent, I think we spent about 35 million on Ozil's contract. And then you let them go for free, you're just losing that money. Socrates spent 18 million and we lost that money. Kalasinac coming in the free, but it was on massive wages. So as a club, we've been run running to the ground financially and with COVID and not Champions League football. I think if we don't get Champions League football this year or even Europa League football, then we could really start to see a decline of Arsenal Football Club, which is sad because I'm sure even for, you know, cl- clubs around us who maybe don't like Arsenal, it, it, you still want to see them competing at some level. So it's, it's yeah. just, it's, it, we, we need to... We need to get Champions League, and the only way we're going to do it is Europa League. And I do feel this year's different. You get you don't get the feeling sometimes that this year's different. We might that win against Benfica seemed like a bit of a turning point for us in in the Europa League because we've always fallen at at that hurdle, uh, that hurdle where we can see the goal and it's like our heads go down and we just don't pick ourselves back up again. So it does feel like a bit of a turning point. If we get the job done against Olympiacos tonight and get a result against Tottenham, not beat them but get a result and keep the momentum going then, yeah, definitely we can give it a go. And getting Champions League football next year, we could see some big names come in the summer, and that's what it's down to. So I feel like this this last few months of the season is probably the biggest few months we've had in the last few years because it really dictates where we're going in the future. So essentially a make or break for Arsenal Football Club. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, because we don't have the experienced manager like Spurs have Mourinho. Like, he's an experienced manager. He'll know what to do with players maybe because Arteta has players who aren't good enough to get Champions League it's about making those players overperform to get Champions League yeah and with the game on Sunday I'm if if Tottenham had any other manager apart from Mourinho I'd be more confident but Mourinho always does it against Arsenal every time I don't think we we've beaten Mourinho so yeah yeah and we haven't beaten Spurs last five games so Mourinho obviously has something against Arsenal where he just knows what to do so it's it's a massive concern with with him in general I know he's declined but even against us he's still still top quality so that yeah yeah. 
Yeah, already five points from from all the guys there. But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go straight into Chank. Talk a little bit more about some of the danger men for for both the teams. We talked about Ndombele with Arvind. I know a little bit went off topic, but already relevant points. I'm gonna go straight into Chank about one player that I think could cause, you know, a lot of damage in this game. We've really cruised to Spurs win. It's not gonna be one of the big players, you know. Your your um your son's canes. I want to talk a little about Toby Alderweireld, and I know that. This season, I would not say as a as a rival fan, he's looked amazing as he has in the last few years is what I expect of him. But I still think he's going to be crucial to, you know, keeping a Bamian quiet. So, Cenk, I want to tell you to tell me a little bit about Alderweireld and how crucial he'll be in this game. Yeah, massively. I think he's one of our, obviously our, our most experienced defenders. He's, he's, he's um, to say the least, I think his, his legs have gone a little bit. I think he is getting on, you know. I think he's not the centre-back we once had in 16-17, but that's not to say he's not a, a fantastic centre-half. And and on his day, he is, he is really top class. So I think, like you're saying, he, he is crucial. But I think the pairing in general is, is a big part because we've we've been so shaky at the back this season. We've not really looked settled. You know, like like I said earlier, we've been chopping and changing with different centre-halves and and Dyer, and then it's Sanchez, and then whatnot, and it's just been yeah, yeah. we've not we've not had a settled um, defense consistently this season. So I'm just I'm just trying to maybe I'm clutching at straws. I'm not sure, but I'm just hoping that Dyer and uh, not Dyer, sorry, Toby and um, Sanchez kind of hold down that that partnership to the end of the season at least, just mm-hmm. so we can get to the summer and we can we can have a look at some potential centre halves that we can get in. I'm I'm not sure of any specific names, but just we need. Um, uh, obviously, ideal scenarios and marquee centre half. Don't get me wrong, but someone with a with a good profile, you know, someone. If, ideally, if we could get a marquee one and get an, another under twenty three one, that would be great. But that's just maybe it's wishful thinking. I'm not sure, but but yeah, Toby definitely for me is 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 a crucial part to the, to this game. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Mourinho sides are known to have like really strong no, not swearing, but no. Yeah, no sense. They don't take anything from other players. You know, they're they're really tough tackling. They do anything to keep the ball out of the net. And maybe that's what's kind of lacked as in Mourinho's Tottenham side is that I don't really see that from Sanchez and Alderweireld. But I know Alderweireld does have that in his locker. He is he doesn't take anything from opposition strikers. He will do whatever it takes. But it's going to be crucial to stop the likes of Bamiang and Saka from causing damage because if you let Bamiang, Saka, Odegaard, Pepe, all these big players get into the game, then it's going to be really tough to to kind of defend it. But yeah, very, very quickly, Alfie, I just want to touch on you before we go into the predictions. A little bit about one player on the Arsenal side who I know he's one of your favourite players and I know he is one of the biggest players in the team at the minute, causing a lot of damage. I believe he is 19 years old, one of your favourite players. Very, very quickly, so we can move on to predictions and kind of wrap this, this podcast up. Tell me a little bit about how crucial Saka is to defeating Tottenham Hotspur. Well, Saka is everything positive for Arsenal right now. I mean, he's 19 years old. He's come through the academy. He really burst on the scene last year and started off this season playing as a left-back. Now he's playing as a right wing and he's just quality. Like, you, you see youngsters sometimes when the team's not playing well, when the team's playing poorly, they kind of hide and it's not their fault. Obviously, they're young. They're not the ones to expect you to get out of a rut. But he's just been immense. I mean, he put up a post on social media. I think he said Arsenal fans deserve more. And since then, I think he's got 11 goals and assists in as many games. And he's just been ridiculous for us. I mean, in the game against Benfica, he saved us in that game. He stepped up. I mean, look at the players on that pitch. We had, we had Lacazette, we had Pepe, we had Aubameyang. I mean, Aubameyang did step up. We had Odegaard, Smith, and he was the one that stepped up out of all of those names. He, the 19-year-olds, he stepped up and he he's just he could cause a lot of problems. I think is it will Regulon be fit for that game? I th- I think he is fit, and I think Regulon's top quality left back. Don't get me wrong, but Saka can definitely cause problems. And cutting on that left foot, he's he's, he's dangerous. So as as an Arsenal fan, he's definitely a player that for the future is a bright spark, and that that that's what that's what gives you hope as a fan when your team's doing poor and you see a youngster come through and do what he's doing. It, it's very encouraging for us. Yeah. I think during Chelsea season when they were struggling 15-16, maybe the one player that I thought was kind of stepping up back then was Kurt Zuma before he got that really, really crucial injury against Man United where, you know, he bent his knee back really badly. I think he'd done his ligaments and he was maybe the one centre-back who kind of replaced Gary Cahill or John Terry in that system. And that's just a huge ass to do. But yeah, Zuma was really good and fair play to Saka. 
maybe in our football group chat, I'm a little bit of a critic of Saka at times, but oh, definitely. That's, just, that's just my maybe jealousy at times. But, you know, let's just move on straight into the predictions at the end. I'll start with all the guys. I'm going to talk, go through the whole circle in this podcast and quickly ask them the prediction and one sentence why, or a few words why. I'm going to start with Arvin. What is your prediction and one sentence why? Um, 3-2 Tottenham. Not because I think Arsenal are terrible, but I feel like they will put up a fight. I just don't think Arsenal's priorities rest on Sunday. I feel like if they do want to get Champions League, if it's, if they do want to get Champions League next season, oh, it has to be through Europa League. I just feel like right now, top four for Arsenal is just untouchable. And, you know, I feel like Arteta will field a strong lineup uh, tonight at the time of recording. Obviously, we don't know the lineups yet, but he will field a strong lineup, in my opinion. Um, again, for Tottenham, Kane, Son, Gaffer, I just don't think Arsenal's defence either will be able to cope with these. Or not just because of their names, but because of recent performances, especially with Kane and Bale linking up. You know, it's been superb. So I think coming into a form, Spurs have been better. And I just think they will win just by the scruff of the neck, 3-2. Jeez, that was that was a very very long yeah, sentence. But, a lot but, of comments in ex- there. Expect expect some VAR controversy. That's one thing I'll say. Okay, nice, nice, nice sentence there, mate. But yeah, good prediction there. Good prediction. I'll go show on to Dan. What was your prediction for the game? And one sentence, why? Three-one uh, Spurs. I just don't see uh, the Arsenal defenders being able to cope with the press from Lucas Moura and the clinicality of Son, Bale, and Kane. Nice. Yep. Yeah, very very solid prediction. Yeah, I'll go shout to Alfie. What was your prediction in one sentence? Why? Uh, two on Arsenal. And because I think Harry Kane will definitely get a penalty because he always does against Arsenal. But I feel like with the Kaiosak and Aubameyang hitting form and forming a partnership, then we, we can definitely cause problems. But I am yeah. worried about Gareth Bale. Mm. He does look quality at the moment. Yeah, I'm very, very excited for AFTV if that is the score. But yeah, shout on to Cenk. Cenk, what was your prediction in one sentence? Why? Oh, uh, interesting one. I don't, I don't like predicting Spurs, to be honest, but we'll, we'll go for and I go for a tough one, isn't it? It is. I go for a 3-1 Spurs. Um, I just think we've got we've got the quality to win. I think, you know, a big part that I, I didn't speak on today is the fact that, obviously, our record at Emirates isn't great, but I think no crowd might play a part because I don't think since COVID's hit, we've actually played them at Emirates without fans, I don't think. So, yeah. It'd be, inter- it'd be interesting to see, actually, how it, how it goes. Yeah, I think the game last season that was at the Emirates was like right at the start. I believe it was like 3 2 to Arsenal, something like that, or 2 2, I believe it was. Mm. But yeah, I'm going to just say my prediction quickly. I'm actually going to go for, do you know what? I'm going to go for, I think Artessa actually will get through this game. I think it's going to be 2 0 to Arsenal. And I know this isn't really a sentence, but I'm just going to say a few words. Aubameyang, Saka. Yeah, I'm going with the two Arsenal. We'll come back to the Perfect Attic podcast, guys, when I predicted this right on Saturday when this is going to be uploaded. But yeah, I'm going to kind of wrap this up. I'll get some final thoughts from the guys, how they kind of enjoyed. I'll start with Arvin, main man, co-host. How have you enjoyed the podcast today, mate? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. You know, a lot, of, a lot of interesting topics, especially coming from Arsenal and Spurs. You know, you don't really see them in positions like they have in this season. So it's been a lot more interesting to see, you know, what route they'll go down, whether they'll concentrate Europa League, Premier League, you know, so forth. So, yeah, interesting podcast. Yeah, for sure, man. It's I know it's not nice. To see, well, yeah, it's nice for me. But Arsenal and Spurs fans, it's not nice at the minute to see that. It's kind of turned into a slander in Spurs and Arsenal podcast, isn't it? But yeah, straight on to Alfie. Alfie, how have you enjoyed the podcast? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say to our listeners? Go ahead, mate. Um, well, I thoroughly enjoyed the podcast as I did last time. And it's been a few weeks, but but I've missed it. It's been it's been good, and um, I've enjoyed talking to the guys about um, Arsenal and and Tottenham. It's kind of sad to talk about Arsenal right now in the tenth place, but. I enjoyed doing it. Um, yeah, if you guys want to follow my Twitter, Alfie AFC04, that'd be lovely. And uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Cool, cool. It's great having you on. We'll definitely have you on again soon. And Dan, let's move on to you. Um, have you enjoyed the podcast today? It's been really great having you on from from the host, me. And is there anything you want to plug to our listeners? Yeah, um, just my my Twitter, uh, capital D, lowercase A N underscore capital H twenty six. Um, I've enjoyed the podcast. I think I might have said something that I'm going to get a lot of hate from Spurs fans if they hear this um, <laughs> about ENIC because I know that there are plenty of Spurs fans out there that hate ENIC and 
um, and Daniel Levy. So, yeah, um, luckily I, I am also a basketball journalist, so I have that to fall back on if I lose my credibility in football. But, um, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's been great having you on. Hopefully, uh, you can say as a credit to Spurs journalist. I'm sure that I'm sure that the fans will be okay with that. But yeah, I'm gonna leave it with with you, Jenk, at the end. Have you enjoyed the podcast? Anything you want to plug? It's your time. Go ahead, mate. No, it's been a pleasure. It's been good to come on different different angles, different clubs. So it's always good to debate and and discuss some topics. But if any if there are any Spurs fans out there that, that want to check out my podcast, feel free. We're on YouTube um, at Goldie Tottenham. So so feel free to tune in if you if you wish. Yeah, yeah. Everyone just tune into Dan Chenk's work. Um, check out Alfie's Twitter, check out Arvin's Twitter. Everything will be down below in the description and on my Twitter. But yeah, also check out my Twitter, guys, at CFC Taron. Check out the podcast. Wait, this is the podcast. What am I saying? But yeah, hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Make sure to keep things perfect and have a good day. Take care.